Things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession, and it's hard to imagine that anyone has fully ingested all there is to know about the world's most revered beverage. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. We call some of those folks sommeliers, wine aficionados, wine experts, wine gurus, and the most commonly used title, boring. Welcome to Grape Encounters. We love wine just as much as anyone else, but while we crave those special wines that are silky smooth and go down so easy, we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. Accordingly, your host David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time, how to have more fun with your wine, where to enjoy wine the most, how to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use, not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. Before we jump into this week's show, I've got a major announcement to make. You know, nine years ago when Grape Encounters Radio was only in its first year, I stepped into a Total Wine & More store for the very first time. Wow! It was the wine equivalent of the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory, and I was completely blown away by everything about the store. Later that week, I gushed on and on on the radio about Total Wine and even organized a caravan so I could have some of my friends come and explore this massive facility with me. Well, today I'm so pleased to announce that Total Wine & More has teamed up with Grape Encounters Radio and its other affiliated programs as our lead sponsor. Working with Total Wine & More is a dream come true for me. Total Wine & More is the country's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and an equally astonishing selection of beer and spirits. In the coming days, I hope to tell you a lot of amazing things that you may not know about Total Wine & More, which now operates 197 superstores across 23 states. Welcome aboard Total Wine & More. And it's time for your weekly Grape Encounter. And, you know, one of my absolute favorite classic rock songs was released in 1969 by Creedence Clearwater Revival. And it was a monster hit. It still is played on radio stations today. But it talks about a down-and-out singer who is looking for fame and fortune but winds up in a little uninteresting farm town stuck doing gigs there. Now, in 1969, he was referring to the town of Lodi in California. But today, I think that if Creedence Clearwater was playing in Lodi, they would find a very different place there because it has become a booming and I mean booming wine production community. And I would love to hear John Fogarty's take on Lodi today. Well, I can't get John Fogarty on today, but I can get on Stuart Spencer. He's the executive director of the Lodi Wine Grape Commission. I got to tell you something, gang, because there is such a tremendous amount of wine that is coming out of this region. But in, I would say, probably most parts of the country, 
it may be lost on a lot of people. Anyway, welcome to the show, Stuart Spencer. Happy to be here with you. And I think most people would love to get stuck at Lodi with all the delicious food and wine. <laughs> today. You guys actually have some events, don't you, built around that iconic song. So when you're a Lodi resident, is that a song that everybody feels like they have to sing to you? Yes. Most people, especially that are over the age of 40, recall it quite well. Yeah. I always wondered, you know, I didn't realize the lyric was stuck in Lodi again, because it doesn't sound like again. But I would like to be stuck in Lodi because right now we're talking about what? Something like 80 wineries up there now? Yeah, there's actually over 85 wineries um, in the area now. And over 50 to 60 of them offer regular tasting hours. So let's give uh, folks a little bit of a geography lesson in terms of where Lodi is located. And then there's some really, I think, interesting things about what you guys are doing there that I really want to dig deeply into. But I'll let you take that question. And remember, we're guiding people to Lodi who may be, you know, 3,000 miles away. Yeah. Lodi sits directly east of San Francisco Bay and directly south of Sacramento. We're about an hour and a half drive out of the city and just about 45 minutes from the Sacramento airport into our beautiful vineyards. So would that be like about 80 or 90 miles from the coast. Do I have that about right? You have that about right. But the interesting thing is that both Stockton and Sacramento to the north of us are actually inland seaports. So there's a whole series of rivers and delta and waterway that lead right from the San Francisco Bay to the edge of Lodi. When we leave you, we're going to go down to Clarksburg and talk about the wineries down there. That's the Sacramento River Delta. I don't think people really realize how much water there is in that area. I guess it has a a tremendous influence on grape growing. But, you know, it's so interesting about Lodi is the number of varietals that you folks produce there. I can't think of any area that produces as broad a range of wine varietals as you do. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, we're a fairly large region with a very diverse soils and a very Mediterranean climate that allow a whole range of wine grape varieties to flourish here. And we've got over 100 varieties in commercial production. And you walk into many of our, our small wineries here today, and you're going to taste wines from varieties, things you've never heard of before. A hundred varietals. A hundred varietals. That's that's loony. And I know you guys do a great job where Spanish varietals are concerned, where Italian varietals are concerned. And I'm guessing that Zinfandel is your trademark grape. Am I wrong about that? You are. We we have called ourselves the Zinfandel capital of the world, and we have about 40% of California Zinfandel grown right here. No kidding. Thing that really... No kidding. But the thing that really makes it special is, is we have more own-rooted old vine Zinfandel than any other part of the world. We have thousands of acres. Some of those vineyards date back to the 1800s. Wow. And I guess the Lodi wine business, if I have this correct, goes back to the kind of the late 1800s. Is that about right? Actually, it gets back to the 1850s when first, oh, really? first people started coming to California. First winery was established in 1858, but it really did take off. In the, in the late 1880s and 1890s. Now, weren't you growing table grapes there at that time as well? We have and we did. Yeah, we the one of the things we were known and famous for was the flame tokay, which was a, a seeded table grape that did very well right here in the Lodi region. But once they developed the seedless grapes that did better in the warmer climates to the south of us, the table grape production kind of went away. Now, you, you say warmer climates, but uh, Lodi can get pretty hot, can it not? You, you would be surprised how moderate it can be. 
be. I was just the other day at a meeting in Healdsburg, and I was burning up. And by the time I drove to Lodi, it was quite cooler as the Delta breezes had kicked up in the afternoon. So one geographical landmark that we haven't talked about, which is one of my favorite places to visit, are the Sierra Nevada Mountains. And you're not far from there, right? No. In fact, our vineyards on the eastern part of the, the region, actually, we call them the, the toes of the Sierra Nevadas. And so, you know, we could be up at Tahoe um, in two hours drive from right here at my wow. office. You know, I would imagine that somebody that's coming to Lodi would maybe want to bundle the trip to Lodi with a trip up into the Sierra Nevada. Because, I mean, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, that mountain range is the most majestic and beautiful in all of America. I mean, it's just so spectacular. Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. And we have a lot of people that come to California from other parts of the country that they'll take in San Francisco. They'll come out to Lodi and spend a day or two here. And then they go on to Yosemite or even down to Southern California, too. So there's uh, or up to Lake Tahoe. So there's plenty of plenty of territory to cover. So I think most people outside of California would be shocked to see what your total amount of rainfall adds up to in any given year. It ain't much, right? Like 11 or 12 inches, I think. No, our, our average rainfall is actually about 17 inches here. Oh, oh is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. And last year, we've had two successive wet years here, so it's, we've been pretty good lately. That's still not a lot of water. So are you getting a lot of the water that irrigates the vineyards from the Sierras? Is that where it comes from? Yeah. And one one of the things is we're fortunate here is is all the rivers that come out of the Sierra Nevada meet up at the delta just to the west of us here. So there's a tremendous amount of natural water that flows through the area, even in drier years. And there's a tremendous amount uh, of underground water that's traveling through the area as it drains to the Sierra Nevada. Too. So it's, it's percolating down into the soil. Yes. Yeah, so we uh, the water situation in our particular area of California is much better than other parts of California. So have you had any water emergencies there? Uh, a couple of years ago when we were in the drought you know, you weren't supposed to water your lawns and do those type of things. But lately, that hasn't been the case. All right. Um, All we've right. actually had more issues with flooding in the wet years than we've had with drought in the dry years. I guess that's a good problem to have. Anyway, hey, we're talking to Stuart Spencer. He's the executive director of the Lodi Wine Grape Commission. And I, I really wanted to get them on today. We're, we're going to be talking to another interesting area as well, which is Clarksburg, which would be south of Lodi. But, you know, these are areas that are producing, you know, some really terrific wines, but are not on a lot of people's winery map. So I wanted to really introduce you. And, and Lodi is so interesting because they're just producing an enormous amount of grapes and they don't really get the credit they deserve. So we're giving them love today and we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. David will be back with more Grape Encounters in a couple of minutes, which means there simply isn't enough time for him to enjoy more than a sip or two of one of his faves. Oh, the sacrifices we make in the broadcasting business. Wine Experience's Founders Barrel Auction on Friday, August 23rd is an afternoon of elegance. Sample wine futures from Authentique Wine Cellars, Hewitt Cellars, Laurel Ridge Winery, Left Coast Estate, Russell Prayer Rock Vineyards, Stone Griffin Vineyard, Vulcan Cellars, plus many more. The action takes off as you bid on the opportunity to win a case or the whole barrel of Oregon's finest wines. Go to TheOregonWineExperience.com to purchase tickets. The Oregon Wine Experience, it's everything Oregon. 
In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. Nestled right in between two world-class wine countries, Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the perfect gateway to nearly endless wine country adventures. Cozy and oh-so-friendly, make historic Atascadero home base for adventures to hundreds of surrounding wineries, the nearby Pacific, and magical Hearst Castle, plus an amazing array of attractions from ziplining to delectable dining. Discover all that affordable Atascadero has to offer at visitatascadero.com. Welcome back to Grape Encounters, where we believe there's no way to fake a great wine, and where we never fake our disdain for the really bad ones. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. You know, I could probably spend the rest of my life talking about wine regions that aren't on every wine lover's map. If you're in California, you know about Lodi. If you're a wine aficionado, you definitely know about Lodi because it is a very prolific wine-producing region with around 100 varietals. We've got on today Stuart Spencer. He's the executive director of the Lodi Wine Grape Commission. And Stuart, an awful lot of the grapes that you produce are taken out of the area and become part of other wine. Wines. Isn't that the case? It's absolutely the case. We like to say, you know, Lodi is the industry's best kept secret that they've been sourcing grapes here for over 100 years, but they don't like to tell anybody that they're buying grapes in Lodi. Why is that? Well, they want to promote their own regions and not ours, but the tide has changed and many of our growers now have turned into vintners and, and are making delicious wines from their best vineyards and putting Lodi on the map. So you've been with the Wine Commission for, I think, like 20 years, is that right? That is correct. Yeah, 20 years. So tell me how things have changed in terms of the perception of Lodi wines 20 years ago versus now. So the interesting thing is if you go back, you know, 20 to 30 years ago, there were very few Lodi wines in the marketplace. I think when I first started working here, we had about 10 wineries that had tasting rooms. The funny thing is, even though we have a history of going back to the 1850s, the small winery, artisan wineries, really didn't develop until the last, you know, 20 to 25 years. Yeah. And so with each successive vintage, there's just more and better quality wines coming out from the area that it's really the attention and the quality of wines that continues to rise very rapidly. Explain to listeners how this works when juice or grapes are shipped off to another region 
and they become part of another product, it may still say, you know, Napa or Central Coast or whatever on Mm -hmm. the bottle. What typically happens? It's kind of a little of all the above. If it just says California, they need to be sourced from anywhere in California. Lodi is a federally designated AVA, so 85% of the grapes need to come from Lodi. If you do like Napa County, that needs only 75% because that's a state designation. So it can get really confusing. But what percentage would you say of the production from Lodi leaves Lodi? Oh, I would say it's easily, you know, 75 to 80% is, is not only shipped throughout California, but it's shipped throughout the country to wineries and other parts of the country. And a fair bit actually gets shipped up into Canada too for the Canadian wine. No kidding. Now, does it leave Lodi in the form of grapes or does it leave in the form of juice? Or I'm guessing maybe if it's a destination close by, it might be grapes and juice for longer destinations. How does it work? Yeah, all the above. I mean, it's being sold both as as fresh packed grapes, sometimes as small as little lug boxes and other times in half-ton bins, or it's shipped as freshly crushed juice, or it can be shipped as freshly made wine and then bottled in other sources and places. Gotcha. And so literally, it could leave Lodi in a tanker truck. Yes. There are a lot of tanker trucks that leave Lodi. Isn't that amazing? They're cooled, right? So it's really temperature controlled. But when you're going down the highway, folks, and you see a tanker truck that doesn't have the name of a petroleum producer on it, it might be full of grape juice. (laughs) That's a lot of grape juice, by the way. Wow. Just amazing. But it's definitely changing in Lodi, though, because with more and more wineries there and with Lodi getting a reputation for making just some stunning wines, I imagine it's gone from an outside producer to a point of pride area that is really excited to put the Lodi name on the bottle. Uh, that's absolutely correct. And we've got you know a very fast-moving and developing winery community. We've got some larger production facilities going in and and tasting hospitality centers to very small artisan, you know, almost uh, in-your-garage type winemakers going on. So there's a real range of winery activity taking place today. I'm going to ask you a very difficult question, and it's probably not even a fair question, but if I'm a wine consumer and I'm used to drinking wines from, you know, some of the more prominent regions like Napa and Sonoma, what's the difference in terms of the way a Lodi wine is going to taste versus other places. How would I know that it's from Lodi? What would be some of the distinguishing factors? I think some of the the main characteristics of fruit presentation, but they also aren't as tannic or as acidic as some other regions may be. So that makes it a very approachable wine. They have beautiful aromatics and fruit up front that really connect with a wide range of You know, what's so interesting is that, you know, for the people who are really, really absorbed in wine, that drier, more tannic style of winemaking is very appealing. But I am pretty sure that for mainstream America, that the profile of a wine that's much more fruit forward, where you can really taste the juicy deliciousness of the fruit, where the tannins are lower, it's what people like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And we are seeing that with the number of people that continue to come here every year in the growth in wine tourism. They're really gravitating to the style of wines that can be made here and and the quality that's being produced. When somebody says to me, I want a big fruity wine, I almost always will point them toward Lodi wines because you just have that, you know, that lusciousness in the wines that you don't necessarily get other places 
All right, so we're, we just have a, like a minute left, Stuart. So if somebody wanted to come up to Lodi, you know, I opened this discussion with you with the song from Creedence Clearwater, Stuck in Lodi. Now I hear so many people saying, I'm going up to Lodi this weekend and hanging out. If you can give me like a, just to encapsulate what a, a visit to Lodi is like, and we'll see if we can't get some people who have not yet discovered Lodi to get on up there. Yeah, I think, you know, visiting Lodi is a special thing. I think one of the neat things about coming here is that it's still a small farming community. And in many places you'll visit, in wineries you'll visit, you're still going to meet with the owner. You're still going to meet with the winemaker. There's an approachability to the people and a friendliness. They're very willing to share with you what they're doing and share with you what's going on out in their vineyards. And recommend other wineries to visit. It's It's got a great sense of community to it. And unpretentious. Yeah, I would say very unpretentious. When I say approachable, it's unpretentious. And it, you know, we're just happy to share our wines. And there's an incredible diversity of wines being offered in the tasting rooms that make it a great place to explore and discover new and exciting things in the world of wine. And, and accommodations, there are lots of really cool places to stay, I hear. Yeah, the hotels we've got, we got a beautiful resort here at Wine and Roses Hotel. And we've got, you you know, other more modest accommodations and the growth in the kind of VRBOs and vineyard homes that you can now rent it makes it something for everyone. Yeah, sounds wonderful. I owe you guys a trip up there. I'm going to definitely do it before this year is up. So we'll do some stories from there. In the meantime, folks who are interested in learning more about just the whole wine business, the Lodi Wine Grape Commission's website is really outstanding. And I mean that. And it lists all the wineries there as well. And it'll even link you back to all of the wineries' websites. The web address for that is? LodiWine.com. Oh, I guess I could have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy. Lodi. Well, Stuart, hey, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it a lot. My pleasure, and you're welcome anytime as well as your listeners. I'm going to do that. All right, we're going to head down to your neighbors in Clarksburg. We're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine More. Nothing beats beers and burgers. And with so many to choose from, we've got the perfect cold one waiting for you. Serving up salads at your cookout this weekend? Add a dry rosé to the table for a perfect pairing. When I'm the barbecue grill master, I've got to have a cold lager in my hand. Hey, grab me another. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine More. Cheers. Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. If you're topping off your burger with grilled onions and blue cheese, pair your work of art with a spicy Malbec. Nothing beats a buttery Chardonnay with grilled corn on the cob. I'm ready to find you the perfect bottle of white for your next get-together. Pack up the cooler for this weekend. We've got canned wine and beer ready to throw on ice. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine & More. Cheers! I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the wines of Peak Ranch. I recently discovered these truly amazing wines that are raking in top honors from the wine press. What I didn't initially realize is that I had a very strong connection to these perfectly crafted Pinots, Syrahs, Chardonnays, and more. Remarkably, these wines are produced by my very best friend from the first grade, John Wagner. Now, I have to say that John has always one-upped me in almost everything he does, and these extraordinary wines are no exception. 
Made from grapes grown on one of California's most historic Central Coast properties, there is no other word to describe them than perfect. Peak Ranch is doing everything right. Amazing wines that will absolutely astound you. Buy them online at peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. Savor Oregon's finest wines at the Oregon Wine Experience's Grand Tasting on Sunday, August 25th. Work your way through the tasting tables and enjoy an array of delicious culinary bites. Don't miss this special opportunity to sample wines from all corners of Oregon in one unique location. The wine pours start at 2 p.m. Plan your experience today. Go to theoregonwineexperience.com to purchase tickets. The Oregon Wine Experience, it's everything Oregon. Welcome back to Grape Encounters, where we believe there's no way to fake a great wine, and where we never fake our disdain for the really bad ones. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. We're talking right at the moment about wine appellations and AVAs that are really lesser known, but that should definitely be on your radar. And one of those is in Clarksburg, California. And that is real close to Sacramento, but most importantly, it's right on the Sacramento River Delta. Tom Merwin is president of the Clarksburg Wine Growers and Vintners Association. Hey, Tom, welcome. Well, thank you for having us on the show today. We're excited to be here. Back in April, we had on Mike Herringer. And you must know Mike. Oh, I went to high school with Mike. I know him very well. Yeah, you know, and what's interesting about your AVA is you're right smack dab in the middle of the Delta. And it's an area that I think if people are not familiar with California, they may not even know that it exists. But it is this network of sloughs and canals and rivers and an amazing network of waterways that you wouldn't really expect unless you got out there and roamed around. And as as a kid, my father, who didn't take us on many vacations, I hope he's not listening, he would take us to the Delta and we would get on a houseboat. But of course, at that time, I was like 10 or 12 years old, so wine wasn't on my radar. But if he were to take me today, I would know to get off the houseboat periodically climb up the embankment and go visit places like your place, which is Merwin Vineyards, right? That's correct. You know, the Clarksburg Appalachian American Viticulture Area is located about 15 minutes south of Sacramento in the Sacramento River Delta. You are correct to say that. You're spot on. Compass is about 19,000 total acres of vineyard, and there are about 20 different wineries And, you know, a lot of the grapes that are produced here go out of the area to Napa, Sonoma that are blended in with wines in the North Coast. And a lot of grapes go south. Tom, you never want to say that the grapes went south. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The double and tonic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm born and raised in the Clarksburg area. I'm a seventh generation farmer. I manage our family's vineyards and I'm an owner of Silt Wine Company, which is a wine business that I started with two of my best friends that I grew up with. Our grandfathers were best friends. Our mothers were best friends. And we're best friends. And tell me about that business? So about four years ago, we started Muddy Boot Wine, which is a nationally distributed label. But the intent behind starting our our wine business was we were seeing all these grapes leaving the area. And these wine grapes 
grapes weren't being produced as California wine. But, you know, in order for us to move the ball forward for the Clarksburg AVA, we needed to focus on creating wines in Clarksburg, really focusing on quality. So my business partners, Phil and David Ogilvie, who work on their family's farm, Wilson Farms, decided to create our own business that would help the Clarksburg AVA and also be a source for our two families to sell our grapes to. Holy smoke, Wilson Farms. Same as yeah. my last name. I could buy that place, right? And I wouldn't, yeah, have, to, I'm, uh, I wouldn't I'm even sure, have to change the like stationery. Yeah, Wilson no. Farms. I like the sound of that. Hey, a lot of the farms in the Clarksburg area grew things other than grapes originally. Isn't that correct? That's correct. My great-grandfather came into Clarksburg in 1918. And at the time, we were farming sugar beets, tomatoes, asparagus, onions. As actually the rest of California had been developed to, to produce more row crop agriculture, you saw more people taking a risk and planting wine grapes in this region as the Lodi region grew and as the North Coast AVAs grew. So it really became a, a great place for other wineries in the area to contract with growers to plant grapes and source grapes from the Clarksburg area. The reason I really wanted to talk about Clarksburg is because if you want to have an incredible wine experience, I'm just recommending, and I don't know how many people even do this, Tom, but yes. I'm just saying, go rent a houseboat. So, I mean, it's a, Get it's out a lot on of the fun. Delta. It's a lot of fun. You could probably access, could you not, most of the wineries from the houseboat itself? There's probably a slew or some sort of uh, waterway right next to them, wouldn't there be? You might be starting a new trend, but I mean, if you just parked your houseboat in Clarksburg at the marina there, uh, you could definitely walk across the street uh, to the old sugar mill where there are right, 15 yes. or so wineries. So you could definitely spend a few days alone in the sugar mill tasting wines. And then, of course, with the advance of modern technology, Uber comes out to Clarksburg now. So you don't even oh, great. To, you don't even need a car to do wine tasting now. It's such a convenience. And being so close to a large population center like Sacramento, it really makes things convenient and very accessible. And think about how cool that would be, you know, instead of going to some of the better known wine regions, which I'm not trying to discourage people from doing that because you need right. to go to those places. But if you want something that is really a different experience, I'll tell you, I never enjoyed anything in my life more than I enjoyed the Sacramento River Delta. It's magnificent and the fishing is great and there are water sports there. And when you're on the rivers, and first of all, you can get lost. There are so, easily, easily. so many rivers. You wouldn't even know it. But when when you're down in the river, you don't really see too much of what's up on the land, and it's a completely different world. And what a great time that would be. You're, you've got this floating hotel, and then you could go wine tasting, and you could literally spend a week wine tasting in the Clarksburg Appalachian. So easily. There's also a couple businesses that have started up in the Clarksburg area that are doing, you know, riverboat cruises where, you know, it's a wine experience as well. So you don't even have to rent a houseboat either. You could, really you know, cool. spend, spend an afternoon. You know, we've got a lot of activity. Activities. I mean, it's so close to Sacramento, but it's literally a different world out here. And we are just so fortunate to have a, a beautiful environment to pair with our beautiful wines. And it's just, you know, being so close to Sacramento is one of our biggest competitive advantages. I was over at Mulvaney's Restaurant, and I think you've got to be familiar with them, right, in Sacramento. He's very uh, familiar, yes. One yeah, of the, Patrick one of the pioneers Mulvaney, in the Farm to Fork movement. Farm to just, Fork, yeah. And Patrick, wow, what a chef. But what what really shocked me was just how close the Sacramento Delta was to, you know, downtown Sacramento. Wow. Oh, it's so close, but a world away. It's amazing. You go from the very urban and crowded streets of Sacramento and literally 15 minutes down the road, 
you can get to a tasting room in the country with a delta breeze blowing and, and just relaxing. This is just so off everybody's radar for the most part. Are most of the vineyards there, uh, you know, family operated vineyards that have been around for a while? Yes, that's the fortunate thing about being in Clarksburg is all these vineyards and these wineries are locally run. I mean, we have, you know, families that have been farming in the area for, you know, over 100 years and they really take pride in the vineyards. You look at the vineyards, they're beautiful. The farmers care about people driving by and, and, and they take pride in farming and, and the way that they look. Because at the end of the day, we also know that if you're trying to make a high quality wine, you're going to have to spend money and time in the vineyard. And farmers in Clarksburg really take pride in that. So with all of the water that surrounds you, does that mean that you have less of a water problem than a lot of areas in California that have been under strict water restrictions? You know, how is that working for you? So fortunately in our region, we have some of the strongest water rights in California. But in order to make good craft, good wine, you need to you know, deficit irrigate. You can't just, you know, turn the water on and, and never turn it off. It's all about balance. You're not over irrigating, but farming in this area, the farmers here, we're, we're very fortunate to have access to clean water and being able to use it to our beneficial use. Very nice. A, so We just have a second left, but I have to ask the most important question of the interview. How's the fishing? Well, I'm not going to tell you any specific spots, but what? there are some, there on, are some really good fishing spots that you can get lost in and exploring them and finding them is, is, is part of the fun. If I come up there, will you tell me offline where the place oh, is? Oh, totally. Going? Totally. Will. I'll, okay. I'll, if you come out here, I'll, I'll, I'll take you for a ride <laughs> yeah. in the canoe and we'll catch a couple back. We're, I mean, we're going to fish by canoe? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the way I like to do it. Oh, what if we catch something really or, big and it tips our boat? Well, that we, means the fishing was too hot and you need to get cool. We, we get bragging rights, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But along, just like fishing, you know, finding that good fishing spot, not very difficult here. It's very easy to find you know, some really good wines down here. And just to mention to your listeners, we've got some great wineries down there that are producing beautiful yeah, uh, aromatic whites and, and concentrated reds. And, and if I could just mention some of the wineries out here that are doing a great job that okay. are members of my association. you got to do it really fast. Okay, but we've got Bogle down here, Carvalho, Herringer, Silt Wine Company, Clarksburg Wine Company, Elevation 10, Scribner Bin, Miner's Leap, and Six Hands. They, they all do, do a great job. Wonderful. You know, an easy Google search would Clarksburg, Google search Clarksburg Wines tasting rooms, and there is not a shortage. So, And definitely check out Merwin Vineyards. You've got to get over definitely. there. I take it you would be there most of the time, Tom? So my family's we only produce uh, wine grapes, so definitely want to check out Silt Wine Company. We are open by uh, an appointment only, but we are producing some great, great wines right now. We're fairly new to the, the wine side of things, but we were fortunate enough last year to win Small Business of the Year by the Sacramento Area oh, Chamber awesome. of Commerce. So awesome, we're really awesome. excited about you know what's going on, not only on the grape side, but on, on the wine side in Clarksburg as well. Beautiful. Hey, my guest has been Tom Merwin. He is the president of the Clarksburg Wine Growers and Vintners Association. And one of the family owners of Merwin Vineyards. Sure been a pleasure having you on, Tom. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. If you're planning a vacation this summer or in the fall, not a better place on earth to go. I give it 12 thumbs up. I couldn't agree with you more. All right. Thanks, Tom. We're going to be back in just a second. We're going to go to Oregon now and uh, talk a little bit about an event that we're going to be at. It's a real humdinger. That next on Grape Encounters Radio. Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine More. Nothing beats beers and burgers. And with so many to choose from, we've got the perfect cold one waiting for you. Serving up salads at your cookout this weekend? Add a dry rosé to the table for a perfect pairing. 
When I'm the barbecue grill master, I've got to have a cold lager in my hand. Hey, grab me another. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Nothing beats beers and burgers. And with so many to choose from, we've got the perfect cold one waiting for you. Serving up salads at your cookout this weekend? Add a dry rosé to the table for a perfect pairing. When I'm the barbecue grill master, I've got to have a cold lager in my hand. Hey, grab me another. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Nestled right in between two world-class wine countries, Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the perfect gateway to nearly endless wine country adventures. Cozy and oh-so-friendly, make historic Atascadero home base for adventures to hundreds of surrounding wineries, the nearby Pacific, and magical Hearst Castle, plus an amazing array of attractions from ziplining to delectable dining. Discover all that affordable Atascadero has to offer at visitatascadero.com. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the wines of Peak Ranch. I recently discovered these truly amazing wines that are raking in top honors from the wine press. What I didn't initially realize is that I had a very strong connection to these perfectly crafted Pinots, Syrahs, Chardonnays, and more. Remarkably, these wines are produced by my very best friend from the first grade, John Wagner. Now, I have to say that John has always one-upped me in almost everything he does, and these extraordinary wines are no exception. Made from grapes grown on one of California's most historic Central Coast properties, there is no other word to describe them than perfect. Peak Ranch is doing everything right. Amazing wines that will absolutely astound you. Buy them online at peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. People often ask, why hasn't someone tarred and feathered Grape Encounters host David Wilson for breaking so many of the old rules? Simple. No one likes the old rules. I have been talking for several months about an event in August that I am really excited to attend. It is the Oregon Wine Experience. And talk about a wine event that's just got so much texture. There are so many things that are going on. And I wanted to introduce you to one of the winemakers that will be there. He's got such an interesting story that I wanted to include in today's broadcast. His name is Tony Corallo, and the winery is Trium, and it's an interesting story. I'm going to save it for a moment because I also have on another guest, and it's Jacob Colmanero. And Jacob is the development officer for the Asante Foundation, which is putting on this event and is the beneficiary of it. And I want to welcome you guys. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having us. And I should say, Jacob, you're not exactly the beneficiary because the money goes to a lot of different things, correct? That is correct. You know, I work for the Asante Foundation and the Oregon Wine Experience 
performance fundraises for Children's Healthcare. Asante is a Children's Miracle Hospital, so 100% of the proceeds goes towards Children's Healthcare. That's nice, 100%. And Tony, you have made a really big donation to the barrel auction, five cases? Yes, five cases of our 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. Let's start right there with the idea that you're growing so much and making so much Cabernet Sauvignon because one thing is definitely true. When you go up to Oregon, you see a lot of Pinot. You know, it's what the state is best known for. But I noticed you're growing the Bordeaux varietals. That's correct. Southern Oregon's climate is not exact, but very similar to Napa. And up until, I would say, the last half dozen years, the Cabernet in Southern Oregon has been somewhat unimpressive. And that's changed. The vines have matured. The weather's gotten warmer, and Southern Oregon's now producing some fabulous Cabernet grapes. It's an Oregon expression of Cabernet, and it's going to be different than where you're going to taste in other areas. Let's talk for a minute about your winery, because Trium is a winery that you purchased, and it's had a really great reputation and you were a wine club member. This is what's so amazing about your story. A wine club member, and you end up buying the place. That's the highest level of membership you can have in a wine club. <laughs> well, I've been a, on a file for coming up on two decades, and Trium Wines was one of my favorite in the Rogue Valley. I was an avid club member all the way up until the point where the patriarch had passed on, and it was a crossroads for the family as to what to do with the Trium label and, and wine production. And this was an area that I've been interested in for a few years. And really, from a timing perspective, it just kind of fell in my lap. I had known the family, and they trusted that I would continue with the high-quality production of the wines. And we've taken it, and we've just ran with it with a new tasting room, adding new varietals. So it's been a, a fabulous experience. It's just been fun to, to be part of the legacy as well as breaking new ground in other areas. Yeah, and I took a good look at your website, and you've been doing very, very well in the awards category and getting a pretty good price for your wines, too. And that's very exciting. Well, we want to be competitive. We're still seeing most of our customers be local from, from the Rogue Valley. I think it's pretty shocking when you have those folks from your part of the world come up and, and realize that the, the quality of the wines that are being produced at the price points. We're getting uh, a lot of traction from that just because of the price escalation that we've seen in the California wines, particularly in Northern California. So we're trying to, to hold our prices and continue to increase the quality of the wines at the same time. I'm such a big fan and advocate of Oregon wines. So let's turn to the Oregon wine experience. It's happening August 19th through the 25th in Jacksonville, Oregon. And talk about a slice of Americana and a slice of history. What an amazing, beautiful town. Jacob, you want to give a rundown of what happens at the Oregon Wine Experience? Yeah, happy to, David. You know, it's a combination of things. It's about bringing people to Oregon to celebrate really high caliber Oregon wines. You know, we have the Oregon Wine Competition where we use six judges, Masters of Wine, Master Psalms to really pick out the best Oregon wines like Tony's and Trium. And those are the wines we feature throughout the week through a medal celebration, a Founders Barrel 
Merrill Auction, where you'll find Tony's Cab. The Miracle Auction, Salmon Bake, where we have a salmon bake there right on the field. Multi-course dinner, only gold or higher award-winning wines. And, and just pointing out, David, wineries that receive just a silver at our competition usually take double gold elsewhere. So that we're tracking. And it's because our judges are such a high caliber and they actually get time to truly evaluate these wines. Um, and just on average, they get uh, anywhere between five minutes per tasting during the competition. In other competitions, it's usually a minute to 30 seconds. I have to agree with you because I, I judge a lot of competitions and they'll bring wines out 10 and 12 at a time and mm-hmm. almost you know no time to go through them. I mean, I think a good judge can still do a good job, but oh, yeah. it would be nice to be able to spend five minutes with a wine. Exactly. Really get to know it um, and get to go back to it and reapproach it after you've tasted through it. And I'm not saying anything negative about any other competition. We just took a different approach. So you know when you get a sample or a taste or a bottle, it is the best Oregon wine that you can look for. Yeah, it's very exciting. Hey, as far as the barrel auction is concerned, are people able to bid on a lot even if they're not at the event? Can you accommodate that? Yeah, so we allow proxy bidding at this point. They can go onto theoregonwineexperience.com and fill out just a quick short survey and we'll have one of our representatives reach out and they can fill out the details. We're also putting together what we're calling a master guide for the barrel auction. So these are wine merchant psalms, wine buyers for restaurants who will come in, taste the wines beforehand, um, and they can reach out to those individuals who can't taste the wines themselves, kind of help explore the wines with them and figure out what they want to bid on. So you're getting expert advice. Wow. The website is theorganwineexperience.com. Anything I've missed, guys? I think you nailed it. No, I think that's it. All right, folks, you still got time to get tickets. You can buy the tickets online and you can get a really, really good overview of what's going on, all the events, the wines. It's going to be an unforgettable experience and hope to see you there. My guests, Jacob Colmanero and Tony Corallo. Jacob, the development officer for the Asante Foundation and Tony, the owner of Trium. Thanks, guys. Thanks, David. Thank you. Well, this episode of Grape Encounters is in the bag. Grape Encounters studios are located in beautiful Atascadero, California. Come visit us, but be warned, you won't want to leave. That's okay, we have a spare bedroom. But it's 55 degrees and full of old bottles. Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. If you're topping off your burger with grilled onions and blue cheese, pair your work of art with a spicy Malbec. Nothing beats a buttery Chardonnay with grilled corn on the cob. I'm ready to find you the perfect bottle of white for your next get-together. Pack up the cooler for this weekend. We've got canned wine and beer ready to throw on ice. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Cheers! 